Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the Anti-Coffee Coffee Club. Secret subscriptions. We're joined today by a very, 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 very special guest. A man who barely speaks when spoken to, who hates the public eye, he just wants to be in the shadows. Uh, but we've managed to get him. None other than Courtney Louise Brennan. Morning. Woo! How you doing, big fella? Yeah, good. How come you haven't been uh, in our little secret subscriptions thing? I'm busy, man. I'm very busy, man. I'm not seeing much evidence of that. <laughs> what have you been up to? What have you been um, doing? Uh, you know, <laughs> staying away from you. <laughs> No, I think um, the dynamic between you two has been really good for the podcast, so I didn't want to... We also you felt know. that you would be, have an unfair advantage given that you know and have roasted all the true. coffees. That is true. So you would simply... I'd win. You would listen to the rattling in the can <laughs> and say... Uh, this is uh, Pinheiro Junior. <laughs> or however your voice sounds. It's something like yeah, that. Yeah, close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Did you have a favourite of the four coffees that you roasted? Yeah, I think um, the Peru, the Peru macerated natural was nice. What was your favourite coffee, Tony? My favourite coffee was Catega Hills. Yeah. That was so tasty because it was Katega so, Hills. I don't know how many times on the podcast that I said lemon sherbet, but definitely enough times to <laughs> make me remember <laughs> that that's what it said. It was so tasty. Very yeah. good. What was your favourite coffee, Todd? Uh, just to make things a wee bit more interesting, I'm just going to say the Colombian Cerro Alto. Oh, yeah. I think just because ha- we haven't had Colombian for a wee while. It's yeah. like longest we've not had a Colombian coffee. So it's just quite nice to get that like super clean flavour profile, really familiar uh, like Colombian characteristics. Like nice. High like acidity. Um, yeah, like nice complexity. I enjoyed it. There's no point in drinking boring coffee. Nice. I think um, when you can have fun with sourcing, it's it's interesting. Keeps people entertained. Um, yeah. Everyone's looking for that kind of special experience with coffee, isn't it? I guess everyone who's bought the subscription probably is as well, aren't they? Hopefully. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Have, otherwise, they would have just got a coffee from Sainsbury's from yeah. Nescafe. Yeah. 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 There's a thing. Instant coffee. Is that come and gone? No. It's coming. It's still. And then it's coming again. It's coming. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, I think those <laughs> um, people are getting on that now. Have you seen that? Uh, Grainsmiths, The Barn. I know uh, Supreme did it, didn't they? In so, yeah. yeah. Grainsmiths one is a bit, a bit more interesting, I think, because they've done it with Nestle. Have right. they? No. Right, so have you heard of Walla? I have Walla. Yeah. Uh, the Barn, Grainsmiths, and Nomad have all got these nice, wee, sexy... They're like back cigarette por- cartons. Back porch coffee roasters, yeah, it looks like cigarette boxes, yeah. but inside. Or like old old school candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard like, boiled sweets. Ah, um, oh, what were they called? Little poppy ones. Four and a half grams. Mi- mi- million. Oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So basically no. what Voila have done. Nerds. Nerds. So Voila are a, um, instant coffee, instant speciality coffee. Mm-hmm. 
company, but they've got four guest roasters just now, Grindsmith, The Barn, Back Porch, and Nomad. Yeah. Oh, really? And they've created... So, but I think Grindsmiths are doing... Inst- it's already people who are kind of doing instant coffee. I don't mm-hmm. know if The Barn were, actually, but anyway, they've done this. Produced... So it's... The Barn Coffee Roasters produced... Oh, sorry, processed by Voila. How do you spell Voila? V-W-A-L-L-A-H. No, V-O-I-L-A. The, the, v- of course, it's o- the French spelling. Tony, I thought it a man of couture like yourself and find his friends. I'd like a latte. Oh yeah, I see. They do look like cigarette packets, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're quite it's something like oh, just like nice wee thing, a nice wee um provisions. Yeah, and yeah. be something for your provision. Just a little pack. Yeah. Because, like, if you go camping, yeah, you might as well just take that. Absolutely. Rather than taking, like, a full brew setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose it, that brings us nicely around to what we were talking about, which is just, like, coffee doesn't need to be super uh, exclusive. It can just be fun. Should be good. Yeah. yeah. But this, as long as it's good, yeah, you're, like, it's a good, if it's a good product. If you were to get, like, for, like, from the barn, the coffee as a whole bean or the coffee in the instant coffee form yeah, and brew them together, surely the full bean would be yeah. freshly ground. Otherwise, what are we all doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> we in the wrong just, game. Yeah, we should just be making instant coffee. I just wondered, because next time we can just send out instant coffee and our brew zone will be really easy. Yeah. <laughs> the brew zone. <laughs> okay, we're finished brewing <laughs> and now we're tasting. Uh, uh, right, Courtney, we should ask you some questions. Nah. Here's yep. one. Nah. We had a debate about cereal. Yeah. Do you want to... Don't eat cereal. You don't eat cereal. <laughs> All right, I'll just turn your mic off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I bought a pack of Weedabix last week because I was hungry. I didn't have lunch. That just was, dry. That was, yeah, just... Yeah. Who was... Some were, baked beans. Was it you that was talking about what Weedabix with baked beans? No, it was Phil. Have so you heard funny. about that? Yeah. It was dumb. Have you tried it? No. Have you tried it, Tony? No. Oh, why not? Uh, doesn't... I just... Weedabix with milk, I can get. Hot Just milk. about. Hot milk, yeah. Hot milk, that's a treat. That yeah, is wonderful. Yeah. Baked beans. Uh, I don't know. Because baked beans don't have like... The moisture. They've got, they've got an LAR, low absorption <laughs> rate. Like You're not going to get the baked bean. Even the sauce isn't really going to soak into the... It's too like, viscous, isn't it's it? It's texture. But what is a sweetened biscuit? They're not sweet. The Weetabix are sweet. They're not really. Uh, I just think cereal <laughs> got worse over time. They started taking all the good stuff out, which was mainly just sugar. Oh, and e-numbers, yeah. 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 That as the E numbers go down, the fun also goes down. Yeah. yeah. Without a little ugliness, there can be no beauty. If everything you drink is special, then nothing is special. And I, I needed that context. I think we all need that context. And yeah, we might wake up, brew coffee, and think, ah, oh, maybe lack some sweetness, maybe lacks a little complexity. But in the great scheme of things, you know, in the broad spectrum, it's amazing. And I'm not saying we shouldn't try and make coffee better. I'm not saying we shouldn't be chasing excellence. But it's okay to stop and just enjoy where we are sometimes. It's okay to just enjoy your morning coffee. Do you need to taste terrible things to enjoy the great things? To be reminded of what makes them special. Yeah, um, Courtney, we've been quite negative this week. We have. 
It's yeah, not been the best. Like too angry. As we've been like the two the two old men from the Muppets. <laughs> you know the kind of heckler guys. Yeah. We've just been talking shit. Anyway, uh, let's be positive. Let's be positive. <laughs> I can give you a good story that will cheer you up if yeah. you like. It starts with me bragging a little bit. Got no, two KOMs yesterday. Nice. I don't know what that is. On Strava. And then on the ride back home, rode through dog shit. Nice. Flicked up off my bike tire. Massive dog shit <laughs> oh. on my shoulder. Yeah. Did you know that you'd ridden through dog shit? No. Was it just weighing you down? I didn't know someone didn't just throw dog shit <laughs> Well, that's what I was like, because there was none on my back tire anymore. But I was like, that would mean that someone would have to have dog shit in their hand and be like, um, I could smell something. And I was like, riding down, I was like, what the fuck? It stinks. And I looked over to check for a car and I was like, oh! <laughs> How did you deal with that? I got a stopped, got some leaves, oh, uh, like geez. got it off, and then just rode home and washed it directly three times. Yeah. See, that would affect me. I would not be able to enjoy the rest of the ride. Yeah. And Todd, you would probably throw away the item of clothing that yeah, I'd have I'd it. and burn my bike down <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> Done. True. <laughs> Oh, it was horrible. That'd be so funny just to see a cyclist in front of you in well, your car. With there, must have been, shit. there must have been some cars that have seen it because I don't know when it actually happened, yeah. but then uh, they must have seen it. He's got a shower. <laughs> look at that. Look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> I flicked up on his shoulder. Imagine seeing it. I know. I'm just glad it didn't flick up on my um, helmet. Yeah. Imagine it getting like stuck in the gaps of your helmet oh. or on the back of your neck. Anything <laughs> shit on skin is horrible. Oh, yeah. I once nice. was out walking Luna one day and she was playing with this little like whippet and it had a wee jacket on and it obviously rolled in shit. Oh. But it came up and it was like, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hello, little doggy. And I like, just took my, its back was about the width of my hand. So I just gave it like a big scrub on its back. Like, hello, hello. And then I looked at my hand. <laughs> It's got shit on his coat. <laughs> so I had to walk home. You know when you, like, no access to running water, I just had to, like, walk with shit on my hand and keep my hand, like, sort of out from my body. It was pretty gross. Stop it. Please, don't do it. Should I brew us a coffee? Let's do it. Courtney, if you yeah. um, lift the latch underneath your seat and pull up that hatch, uh, that will gain Tony access to the brew zone. So you do that live every week. I didn't realise that. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I've just got out of the brew zone where I've brewed up Elvis Tinio for us. Um, for you to drink, Courtney, to try. Thanks, Tony. Um, we've also got a bit of cake oh. from the cake zone. <laughs> from the cake zone. <laughs> it's so nice, isn't it? It's lovely. Courtney, it would be interesting for you to share with us some roasting knowledge. From the first moment you set eyes on the bean, what was the process to get it to where it is now? What well, do you have to do? Well, what I did was I just chucked it in the roaster and turned it on, didn't I? <laughs> I just put some heat on it and then, and then took it out and sold it. 
Do you are, are you quite an instinctual roaster, or is it? Can you be okay? Can you be an instinctual roaster, or as, is that just a pretentious way of saying? I I don't look at facts. I just feel mm. it. Yeah, I don't know. Roasting is so subjective. And I think if if you say anything, someone will react and go, "That's a bullshit." Mm. Um, is it subjective though? Yeah, absolutely. I think. But it's it's. You've dropped chocolate cake on your top there, Todd. Bonus. Bonus chocolate. <laughs> That's dessert. <laughs> nice. I had a wee bit of dog hair on it as well. Is there the perfect there. roast for a coffee? I presume so. Um, it will take you a long time to find that perfect roast mm. on your roasting machine. Um, mm. Like Scott Rao can't say, oh yeah, 12 kilo batch of this coffee, you should be roasting that, your start temperature should be this, and the development time should be this, the length of roast should be that, because he's not roasting on our machine. Yeah. Mm. So all the temperature probes will yeah. be different. Um, I suppose it's everything. It's like how, how long is the ducting? What yeah. is the ambient temperature of your site compared yeah. to another site yeah. in another country maybe? Uh, yeah. How yeah. do you approach then? How what's what's your starting point then? Like a, a bag of green coffee comes through the door and then I say, Corny, when can we launch that? <laughs> um well just usually we've we've kind of got a set profile that we roast most things on the Akawa. Um so we'll roast it on that, get a feel for the coffee that way. And then try and transfer as much of that knowledge and flavor profile from the Akawa over to the Probat. Um, yeah, we kind of, we approach naturals in a specific way. Um, but then we also approach um, origin in another way. So mm. if we have a, a Colombian natural, we won't roast that the same way we roast a Ethiopian natural, for example. Um, this is our first natural Peruvian that we've had. Um, How do you approach that one then? Is that a bit, do you go yeah. by region, like... Yeah, South American natural. Kind of look at it, what we were roasting the Peru for before. I don't like these technical questions. Ah, skip them. <laughs> I'll ask you a question. How come you don't like technical questions? <laughs> Just because I'm always um, conscious of putting information out there that can be dissected by someone else and they're just like, ah, you're talking shit. But then do you reckon that's one of the reasons why roasters don't share their yeah. info? Because they mm -hmm. just don't want to be criticised. Maybe. Because I guess like you say, if you're roasting on your specific machine... Yeah specific drums, specific heating, airflow, everything, then if you go out and say, oh, I put my airflow from 50 to like 50% to 100% uh, just before first crack or whatever, yeah. then people would be like, no way. But mm -hmm. your airflow at 50% might be the same as someone's at 100%. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. I mean, in previous jobs, we, I roasted on roasters that he just didn't, he didn't adjust the airflow because you yeah. couldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it was always just set opened and closed in certain so this one's technically stepless yeah yeah Cheers. <laughs> but I don't know if that's a term that's used with roasters yeah um, that's a grinder thing isn't it that's why I'm not I'm not, I'm not in charge of the technicals yeah I'm in charge of the whiz bang whiz bang <laughs> whiz bang Whiteford <laughs> toddy yeah, whiz bang it's, it's interesting isn't it yeah like you could be talking all the saying all the right things and yeah. be spot on and have people in other people in the industry go he knows what he's talking about mm -hmm. and then taste the coffee and be like oh, right fine but it doesn't taste that yeah. great yeah. or you could people be like he's talking shit and then taste the coffee and be like That's oh well good. if he's talking shit the product's good yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can talk and talk and talk but if you back it up like Conor McGregor 
I talk. People say I talk and talk and talk. But guess fucking what? I back it up. <laughs> That's like you. With your wee Irish accent. Yeah. Goes the same for brewing as well though, doesn't it? Because if wa- water's different everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So if we, like all of our brewing recommendations over the last f- four weeks, um, it's going to be different f- for what people are tasting. Yeah. Most of the people probably won't get any of the flavor notes that we've described because they might be using bottled water because they want to not use tap water or they might be filtering their water or they might just be using tap water. They'll get really different brews. But Or or even like from a a, a processing in, what's it called? Like brain pathways. Mm -hmm. If you've never tasted like a natural Ethiopian coffee before, you might not know like how to disassemble the flavor components into something you understand yeah where you go like okay this is a mix of coffee flavor in in itself plus chocolate plus okay from chocolate is it dark chocolate milk chocolate white chocolate hello <laughs> sugar then there's a, an, an acidity level is it low yeah right then there's a floral yeah then there's a sweetness and then there's miscellaneous like hops yeah. hops probably, probably floral isn't it but like if you you very if you're like not haven't tasted like six or seven of those coffees and learned that like okay this ha- usually these things all happen together yeah and that's characteristic of an Ethiopian coffee you might just be like oh, I don't know yeah it tastes mad <laughs> yeah overwhelming like, almost I know Definitely. even for us talking about um, the process of the Peruvian it's like it's a really out there process mm-hmm. so people might be like oh, those guys talking shit yeah what does that even mean yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's an interesting process and it's a tasty coffee. I suppose you can only maybe... Because I've had experience of this, of working with people who are obviously like passionate about the product, yeah, but don't have the full um, tool set to make it accessible. And actually what they end up doing is alienating people. Yeah. yeah. Their own colleagues plus their customers plus uh, industry peers. Because it's like, okay, you've learned some stuff. Yeah, but like, maybe it only comes with a bit of time in the industry of being like, only a small majority of that is relevant Mm. because ultimately what you're just trying to do is communicate that this this coffee is good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sort of the people get stuck in the honeymoon period of being a barista, don't they? Where they sort of think that coffee's the greatest thing in the world. Like I've been there, think that coffee's the best. Mm-hmm. And that anyone who questions anything about coffee is wrong. Yeah. I suppose people have that with everything that has a little bit of a cult following or a niche. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, if you like a cool band that nobody else likes. Yeah. And then somebody who maybe you think is like, you can't, oh, you can't like that band. Yeah. You can't like Eminem. I like Eminem. <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely. You're not, mum, you're not cool enough uh, to like Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of your coffee drinking experience is actually about the coffee? And what percentage is the rest of the experience? Yeah. That's a, like a, an old question, I guess. Mm. But it's I think even yeah. now, like even that, that like that's a delicious coffee. But the thing I'm enjoying most about that coffee is a chat with you boys. It's in a nice cup, so it has like a nice feel about it. Mm-hmm. I'm in a nice comfy chair. Yeah. Like the ambiance of the experience is, is all good coffee is a plays a part but it's not the be all and end it's the vehicle you can't really say that if you're a coffee professional but i'm saying it i don't use my finger 
I don't use my finger. I don't use my finger. People who tend to go in hard will also come out quick. I don't use my finger anymore. I find I, it, it makes my finger messy and slows me down. I don't think it's up to the barista. I think it's the owners of shops to, to make a shop that's comfy and a barista to serve you a drink that then you use the space. And you, yeah. you want to be in the space. It's nothing to do with the barista other than a smiley, happy barista. Mm. I'd argue that for a yeah. regular who's going into a shop mm. and having that interaction with the barista helps with developing a community in the shop. Because coffee shops are about a community, aren't they? It's yeah. not just mm -hmm. about a product to sell and give away. Yeah. And that community part is about looking after and interacting with the customers. Like if a customer comes in, he's like, he or she is like, I'm having a really bad day yeah. and you're just able to be like, oh, I'll offer an ear for five minutes. Yeah. Like I have read about this, like a barista might have uh, 20 people a day who are all saying to them, oh, my day's shit, this. Yeah. This is about, like, I'm going to tell you another thing about me and another thing yeah. about me or another shit thing about the world. And then, so the barista earning £10 an hour goes home and it's like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Because not only have I been on my feet all day serving drinks, but I've had to dedicate some level of mental space to these people who are kind of using me as like a dumping ground for, like, or, or venting at me for some reason. Yeah. And now I have to do it all over again. And who do I speak to? Yeah. And yeah, I don't definitely. earn enough really to pay a therapist. Yeah. Well, that's... So that's where it's... it's I think you're you're right in a lot of ways. Like coffee coffee shops are for the community. I think in the last twelve months, coffee sh coffee places have become about the product. Because you can't expect a barista to sit and speak to a stranger and let a stranger offload on them in yeah. a time that's difficult for everyone, especially the hospitality industry. Yeah. But at the same time, it's you only get negative standard chat now yes so yeah. it's almost worse for the barista now because they only get negative stuff yeah. happening even if it's for a small period it's like oh how are you it's like oh well covid yeah. isn't it yeah like, everyone's like Bye. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I was is saying earlier no one's having fun anymore yeah mm. it's hard everyone's for down to connect with connect with someone or to hear because it's sometimes like not just a bad thing sometimes a customer can give you a, a boost if they're like yeah a bit of joy as well yeah, there's there's definitely an argument to give barista, to give baristas some sort of not necessarily therapy training, but yeah, a way to handle stuff like that, isn't there? Yeah, because if it was like, let's say, um, let's put it in a physical context. So, like, say twenty people a day come up to you with a heavy box, and they give you that heavy box, and they say, "Can you hold this? Just hold this for five minutes, and then just put it down over there." But you're gonna have to put that all in your car and take it home at the end of your shift. Mm -hmm. One person, okay, hold the box, oh, my arms are sore, my shoulders are sore. As, a, as an employer in that weird world, if that was a thing, you'd probably say, right, we're going to get you um, phys physiotherapy every week mm -hmm. because we know that's a lot to take yeah. for the shoulders, for the arms, for the forearms. Courtney obviously wouldn't have any problem with no. the forearms, particularly <laughs> the right forearm. 
<laughs> right? So you would then, you would then go, right, because you, you need that to be maintained so you can keep going. Yeah. So maybe as employers, we should be thinking of the mental health. Be like, you know what? Once a month, we're going to pay for you to just check in with a therapist because this is a lot. I don't know. I think it goes hand in hand with also the destigmatizing of like mental health problems. Yeah. Or the continued destigmatizing. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Maybe we should start that. Get everybody in for a wee like once a month therapy session. We tune up. Yeah. Just like even if it's just like you can just lie down for an hour and just chat to somebody. (laughs) It's also like it's this office culture that luckily I don't think exists in well it does exist in coffee places but you that you shouldn't bring your outside problems into work with you yeah I was like fuck that your day is only going to get worse if you're having to hide that if you can go in and say to someone I'm having a bad day this has just happened then maybe that person who's working with you be like oh I've I've got your back today it's like having this thing of going in a bit early to have the chance to have a coffee together or have breakfast together and this sort of stuff that just makes such a difference to a like a community, a, a workplace. Yeah. yeah. It's so much nicer. It's but interesting though, like uh, people have an expectation of these uh, service individuals. Yeah. That they're some sort of like, not, not a punching bag, but not far off it. Like, yeah. I think we've got it pretty good because our customers are all, like the majority of them are regulars and mm-hmm. yeah. what the script is here. But That's like the thing of the person who gave you the flat white review of saying the service wasn't that good. Baristas are also human beings. Yeah. yeah. Like they think, oh, you're at work. You're in your work yeah. mode now, mm-hmm. so you should just be doing everything you can to make it make the customer feel yeah. good. It's like, well, no, I could just be myself, serve you coffee, and do it yeah. that way. Yeah. Especially in the UK, where like we don't have a tipping culture as much. Yeah. You give people, or you could end up giving a customer five minutes of your time, five minutes of your energy, and then they pay £2 or two fifty for their coffee, the majority of which is just to cover costs and keep coating cheeseburgers. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, fucking hell. Like, yeah. It makes no difference. Uh, it's, it's a bit weird. It's like, it makes no difference to me um, whether I'm super nice, a wee bit nice, or actually just giving you the product that you're paying for, that you think you're paying for. But if you're paying for a product with a tip and the tip is for the service... Yeah. There you go. Cool, okay, then then we have a problem if I'm not nice to you and I'm still expecting you to tip. I think more people will start to enjoy coffee and find out how varied and interesting it can be. I love it. 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 it. If anyone's doing it, please let me know. I want to see more of it and I want to promote more of it because it, it can only be good for specialty coffee if more people get to taste a wide range of interesting delicious coffees. Are you going to come back and do more pods? Uh, sure, we'll see. Only the ones that involve alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I'm what, in for the boozy ones. Yeah, what have That'd we got coming up that listeners can look forward to? What? Secret subs are coming back. I think we'll also do uh, some, let's get some in, some interviews. Exciting things on the way. Yeah, yeah. New, new stuff on the way. The Anti-Coffee Coffee Club is evolving and we're just becoming a... Uh, all-encompassing podcast that does whatever the hell we want. Shut up, Luna!
Courtney, do you want to leave the fans with a message? No. <laughs> <laughs>